Check, baby, check, baby. One, two, three. Looking at you, looking, looking at you. Are you looking at me? <laughs> Did you just make that up? Yeah, I just made it up right now. I loved it. I love you. Oh, we're so gay. We've started. This is episode. Oh, we're on? Yeah, we're on. We're on. Um, Jen and Jess, the Black Sheep Podcast. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about mushrooms um, and more specifically, psilocybin. So if you like to hear me talk a lot, skip this episode. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have lots of input on this one because we both... Um, use mushrooms, variety of mushrooms for different things, especially when we both went through concussions. We were using a lot of lion's mane uh, for our brain health. Um, Good. But we we use a lot of mushrooms for just overall health for lots of things. And, <clears throat> and when we go for nature hikes, we're always looking for mushrooms. And, you know, you even pointed out turkey tail the other day that we saw that is uh, anti-cancerous. So mm-hmm. mushrooms are... Um, they are the communication centers of the earth. They are what the mycelium networks are, what communicate through the ground to communicate from all the trees to plants to to pass on information. So this episode, we're going to be talking about the psilocybin mushroom, the mushrooms that um, like the magic mushroom um, that have been around and used for thousands of years. Um, I'm reading a book right now called The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. Have you heard of it? fucking fascinating this is one of the i think there was 11 researchers who could look at the dead sea scrolls this is one of them and his conclusion after reading the dead sea scrolls was that christianity is completely misunderstood and that they were on psychedelics isn't that the story of the anamita muscaria muscara mushroom and the story of santa with it not that what that no no that's separate i don't yeah that's not i'd be curious if that's in in the book though not yet anyway i have heard of that theory yeah i just don't like that theory because it contradicts my theory of satan and santa not that i don't like it it's just like i have programming too and i get attached to things which i need to work on because i get attached to theories and then i like that theory but it's also a theory but it's of course everything's a theory no one knows anything but you know what's interesting? The web of consciousness is where all knowledge is stored and we all have access to it. And all information is there. And it's just a matter of can we tap into opening our mind to it. That's why actually I think mushrooms are beautiful is because it helps us connect to the, that web of consciousness, the mm-hmm. web of uh, life. I have to say. Can you stand closer to your mic? I have talk? to say there you go. that um, <clears throat> having known you pre-mushroom, Mm-hmm. and post mushroom mm-hmm. that i've i've seen a significant change um how um hmm. um way more insightful um more open to alternative ideas true way more open mm-hmm. um when I met you, I don't want to say you were an atheist because that's not true, but you were not spiritual. I was spiritual. I was not religious. And I was more skeptical. Yes, but your spiritual 
ness spirituality from then and now is like off the charts night and day absolutely so my spiritual was like yoga spiritual that's what i mean yeah it was like very taught like based Mm -hmm. based Mm -hmm. spiritual you know what i mean and i anyway it's just being i don't know i don't know where where we're at spiritually like difference wise but i i always i've always felt very spiritual very connected to something You've always been very connected to God, but just understanding like what God is versus like what uh, Catholic right religions taught you versus what right. relig- uh, spiritual right journey has taught you right. But I do like <clears throat> being. I, I do like having a partner that is spiritual. The more spiritual that she gets, it's I like it. Um, sort of. <laughs> You also laugh. It's also uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it makes you uncomfortable because now I'm shifting your mindset to now you have to be more open-minded and use your imagination more. Mm-hmm. I think the one one of the beautiful things with mushrooms is that it opens your mind. Well, that's what it psychedelics means is um, mind. Um, alt, um, it means mind manifesting mm. or the Greek uh, definition is mind and make visible or to reveal. Mm. And, you know, if we're... Um, we live half of our life asleep. We live half of our life in the monotonous um, default mode network of operations. So we're just, mm-hmm. we're, we don't have to think, we're just doing. Mm-hmm. And then we, our mind can go off to daydreaming or planning and we're in the future, we're in the past reflecting. But if, if we're using um, psychedelics to become conscious and aware, mm-hmm. Then we can start to shift our um, our mindset and realize what it is that we are calling in, what we are manifesting mm. day to day without even being aware. But now we are. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, the psychedelic history is really fascinating. And this this episode, this podcast, um, I'm speaking from my lens only on this. I have done several different trainings, and I've worked a lot with mushrooms personally for my own understanding because I think. Um, anytime we, um, we are the people that talk the talk, but we walk the walk. We have to be able to understand from our own lens mm. how things operate in order for us to share it. Mm-hmm. And that's how, how we mm. also run this podcast mm-hmm. um, and how we live our life is that we have to walk the walk. You ever feel like so many people don't do that? They just fucking blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll speak all well, the great things. Well, I think. Well, I think. Well, but I think. What do you do? Nothing. Right. Fuckers. <laughs> I think that the conversation with psilocybin is interesting because everybody that has grown up um, going through the teenage phase with experimenting with substances, think of magic mm. mushroom as, as having that bad trip mm-hmm. and associate it with having a bad experience with um weed and Mm. cannabis Mm. and mushrooms are remarkably different and they are completely different substances and consciousness of the the spirit of the plant itself Mm -hmm. um mushrooms are a fungus they're they're part of the fungi family cannabis is uh, a plant they're they're very different and so the the consciousness of the the plant versus the mushrooms is very different and so the physiological effects and psychological effects are completely different mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. 
So the bad trip, I'm just going to say right now, that is your shadow. The bad trip is um, whatever we resist persists. Okay, but wait, let's go back. Okay. To the bad trip. I see what you're saying, but they don't know what you're saying. Okay. So you have, I, we've had lots of friends, people come, come and talk about this and they're always like, oh, I'd love to, but I had a bad trip when I was 18 Mm -hmm. and I'll never touch them again. Like Mm -hmm. it was really bad. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what was your environment like? Who was there? How much did you have? And it's always the same story. It's always a lot. Um, a lot of people at a party, um, in uh, un, like so uncontrolled environment. Yeah, lots of people, overstimulation. Loud music, yeah, and it's dangerous and it sounds awful. And I, I've, I've had my own experience. And in fact, when Jen was sort of experimenting with this and reintroducing mushrooms, I was like, oh, it was, it was a bit triggering for me because. I hadn't done them in a long time because of that exact reason. But it's interesting because the setting is everything. Yeah. Is everything. Like some of our best nights have been the two of us alone on mushrooms. Those are our conscious date nights and those are where we feel so much connection. We have so much laughter. We have profound conversations and we actually do so much healing mm-hmm. those that, those nights. Yeah. Um, the setting is <clears throat> is so important because if you don't feel safe, you're going to be in survival mode while experiencing altered states of consciousness, mm-hmm. and that is um, that can be a very challenging state to be stuck in. Um, so your your setting is really crucial for you have to feel safe and supported and so that you can open yourself up because otherwise you're in the lower parts of your chakras. You're in your root chakra and your root chakra is the lowest one in your body, which is all around um, safety and security. Mm. And if you aren't safe, you can't work your way up to <clears throat> your consciousness where you're going up to your third eye or your mm. crown chakras, mm-hmm. which is where you can go into expanding your consciousness. Right. So you're just operating in survival mode. Well, and while you're on mushrooms, it's and it's it's exhausting. It's an exhausting mm. place to be in. From the um, shadow lens, it's it's if you're stuck in fear during um, a mushroom experience, you are um, you're facing your shadow. You're facing and you're confronting your fear. Mm. It's not a bad thing. That's it's a necessary process is a necessary step and also your healing journey mm-hmm. because your fear is your own illusion mm. you're not in danger mm-hmm. but you feel like you are mm-hmm. and so that that is also your um that is also where your healing is going to be mm-hmm. because you have to confront that fear mm-hmm. um and so whatever we don't confront will continue to persist in our life right right mm-hmm. right so the mushroom, the history of mushrooms, because they've been around on this earth for however many years, hundreds of centuries. I want a definitive answer, Jen. How, <laughs> how long have they been around? I mean, <laughs> we have to assume they've been around longer than us. Well, they've been around for thousands of years. They've been being... They, thousands of years? Well, no, they've been... The use goes back. The use goes back thousands of years. But 
has mushrooms, to be more because civilizations 250,000. Well, if you want to go back to like the microscopic, the the cellular dividing. Yeah, that's and, what I want. Well, the, fungus has been here at the beginning. That's right. Right? So it's it's part of the evolution of all species. The evolution of our so whole So it could have been that when God created this great plane that in his underlings and their creation that the mushroom is same with ayahuasca, same with Santa Maria, which I am enjoying right now, is placed here in preparation for, you know, whatever else is to come. And so this is the connection, this is the way that we have to connect to God. So it's kind of kind of makes sense, right? If if you look at it from that creative mm-hmm. perspective that God would put on earth things that uh, we would be able to use to connect back, to communicate. Yes. Well, think of the mycelia networks, the mushroom network under the earth. It's where all information's passed to every plant. All the roots are connected through the mycelia networks. So all the information. So say you walk into a nature trail and somebody walks in with bad energy, the mycelia networks picks that up and sends a message to all the plants and all the trees to say, be careful, some some dark energy is coming in. That's crazy. And eh? so they'll close some will close up their flowers or they'll they'll turn away. Like they 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 are all communicating. And so if you're taking mushrooms, you're also absorbing the communication networks. And think about our brain. We only use 10% of our brain. That other 90%, what frequency, energy, vibration. Right? Why aren't we tapping into that? Well, I believe that when we take mushrooms, we start to... Frequency, um, energy, vibration. We start to build the neural pathways in the 90% of gray matter that we don't use. Mm -hmm. And so we're actually starting to expand the the use of our own brain. We're opening our mind, Mm -hmm. which is what what psychedelics are. They are mind-altering, they're mind-opening. They are also the revealing. It's what reveals what's also there that we just can't see. Mm -hmm. Because again, 10% also of our vision, we only see. We only see 10% of what's here with our eyes. Hmm. So when we um, take psychedelics, we can also see more. We can see into dimensions and realms. We can also see what is also around us, but we can't We can't see with the limited perspective that we have and the ability for our brain to interpret that. Mushrooms help you see what's, what's there, but you can't see with your typical eyes. You see everything come to life. You see the energy of everything. You see the consciousness of everything. Everything just becomes alive. And everything already is alive. No, it's true. When you're, like, some of our favorite things to do is to take mushrooms and go for walks. Yeah. And it's like you're outside experiencing life for the first time. Every time. Wow, look at that. Oh, my God, look at that. Look at the tree. Look at the leaves. Like, everything is just so amazing. It's something well, it's the medicine at, of the forest. That's what it is. Yeah, the you've mushrooms are the a medicine. million times. Yeah, yeah. But you, but then you see it. Mm-hmm. You see the miracle of it. You see the beauty, the awe. You feel more connection to it. Mm-hmm. So you're just you're just waking up the channels that are already within you, but you don't act. You don't have access to until you take the medicine. Then you then you can see it. Mm-hmm. That's why, like it's it's the. Magic mushrooms come from the forest, right? So you're receiving the medicine of the forest. So that's why, like, it's really great to go for a walk in the woods. Um, yeah. 
on mushrooms for sure. So let's let's talk about it from the medicine standpoint instead of the recreational standpoint, because it's been used for thousands of years. It's been um, it's used in uh, indigenous teachings around the world for you know for years, where they'll bring mushrooms for ceremonies, and this is not anything that's new. This is not new whatsoever, um, and it's also it's hidden. it's hidden. It was it was used for lots of years. Um, and then, you know, in the 1970s, that's when it was in the highest class restriction. That was after, um, I think that was after the Vietnam. Is that, when was it? Yeah. So the Vietnam War. The war on drugs, Nixon. Yeah. Let me go, let me I go through. I am not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> let me go through the history a little bit to explain that. Um, so 1949, LSD being researched it's one of the classes of um of psychedelics there's many different forms of psychedelics many that are synthesized which is lsd mdma ketamine so synthetic synthetic um but the other psychedelics that aren't synthetic like mushrooms uh ayahuasca uh mescaline uh dmt uh 5-meo um, peyote. Like, there's lots of different medicines around the world that call, come from nature. Mm. And the difference, personally, the difference between the two is that the ones that come from nature carry consciousness. So they carry the spirit of the plant. The mm. ones that are synthesized don't have that. They're dead. Synthetic? Is it, syn- is it synthetic? Synthetic? Yeah. So the, the difference, it's not synthesized. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? No, you're. Jamie, weigh in. What's what's what? Synth- synthetic. Yeah, it's synthetic. Did I don't think so. She did I did say twice. synthesized. Synthetic. It's synthetic. The process of synthesis. No, it's synthetic. Oh, fuck off. Okay, the <laughs> synthetic psychedelics. You always have to call me out on everything I say, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> the last episode, I didn't say anything weird. You were, you're amazing every I also episode. didn't talk very much in the last episode. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Okay. Anyways, the, the synthetic psychedelics don't carry consciousness or plant spirit. Right. So I personally don't feel connection to them. Whereas the plant spirits are the really the essence of the medicine for me. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. 1949 LSD is being researched. The 50s and 60s, there's there's really from mm-hmm. the 50s upward, they had so much research being done on all L- um, psychedelics. Tons of research on it. And so in the 50s and 60s, there's tons of peer-reviewed research peer-reviewed studies that is showing how beneficial and how impactful um, these... For what? What were they? Addictions, Mm. um, consciousness change, like all Mm. kinds of different studies. Mm -hmm. So there was so much research that was being done in that field um, because it it teaches us uh, connection for oneness, connection to love. We're having... um, Like were they not treating... Um, mentally ill, like was that yeah. not a big thing? Yeah, I just feel so like we should touch on. I'm pretty sure that was part of. So, 1961, they actually studied recidivism 
I'm not saying that right. Like the um, the likeliness of re um, repeating, for cr- repeating re- offenders. Re- yeah, for crim- so they studied recidivism of criminal activity. I'm not saying that right, but <laughs> for fuck's sake, do you know the word? Help I don't. Her out. I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I, if no, I no, that, that is the word. I'm before, just. I'm, I know you're not. You know. Anyway, so it's. it's is that, do you have it written down correctly? Yeah, you want to? Can I see the word? I've never been recidivism. Re- Recidivism? No, that's not it. No? You're wrong. No. <laughs> okay, okay. Just give me back my clipboard. Yeah. Anyways, it, the the likeliness of returning offenders. Okay. When repeating offenders. Repeating offenders. Fuck. <laughs> Went down. Okay. So that that was being studied in 1961. It's fucking okay. get the perspective, pretty, right? Pretty interesting. So then 1970. Now it's the war on drugs, quote unquote drugs. Mm-hmm. The Controlled Substances Act stopped research, stopped all research of psychedelics and placed psychedelics in the most restrictive category um, because it was said it was uh, for significant concern for addiction when we know that it's, it actually helps addiction. Can I interject? Yeah. Do you also know that this is the beginning of when the CIA started to move drugs from... So the whole point of being in Vietnam was so that they could traffic drugs back. That was the only reason. The, the, the whole Vietnam War, all the CIA did was move cocaine and heroin from Vietnam to the United States via army uh, planes, helicopters, etc. without any... So addictive drugs. Uh, yes, the most destructive, societal, d- destroying drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, they started to bring them up from South America as well. And that's when uh, you started to see the influx of crack, cocaine, and heroin in the inner cities in the United States. And that is basically purposely done to bring the black men out of the family to destroy the black man um, because they're seen as the strongest men in society. Okay, so they have to destroy them, which uh, doing a pretty good job. Uh, and um, well, yeah, anyways, it's when Nixon swore that he was going to stop the drugs, but that's when the U.S. brought them in. You just so they they wanted more control of drugs. They just wanted to. It was all it was all their drugs that were coming in that they were making. Well, psychedelics were showing how healing it was for people. Yeah, and because they're not addictive. Yeah. Um, there's also no, uh, financial, um, incentive for government controlling or selling psychedelics because it heals people. So then you also have the, the increase in the pharmaceutical industry as well with antidepressants, anti-anxieties, mood. Can you imagine though? Like guys, this isn't, this isn't a conspiracy. This is real. Like there's, this is information that I, that is public information about the CIA involved in these operations. You could have at the same time had drugs that would have been able to help people and brought a society up instead of having them bring in the drugs that brought societies down. Like, do people understand the weight of that? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, like you just said, to bring the pharmaceutical end in after that. So you could have just had mushrooms and uh, LSD and MDMA, and you could have just had these 
synthetic and non-synthetic drugs that would have helped people in society with mental illness and addiction. Well, remember the people that were protesting the war? They were... They were there was a lot of psychedelic use for for them as well because they were seeing through it and say no no we don't need that mm-hmm. right yeah so two thousand year two thousand Rick Doblin uh, he's the founder of Maps which uh, they're using um, they're doing a lot of studies to uh, pr- uh, get approved with the FDA actually the FDA approved them um, to work on the legalization of psychedelics. Um, so they are doing a lot of controlled studies with um, healing people with PTSD, um, addictions, depression, anxiety, <clears throat> that kind of stuff. Can I ask, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why is uh, Maps having to do all of this work to legalize these substances when um, Justin Trudeau made it legal for residents in British Columbia to buy any drug that they want any any time? any day like i'm just curious cocaine crack heroin um mdma no not mdma my bad that would make too much sense ish fentanyl fentanyl um yeah is that his view of harm reduction yeah yeah you can the harm reduction reduction method yeah yeah, so safe injection sites and yep. stuff like that, and you can go. What the guy that was um, opened up the clinic? Do you remember in yes. BC the guy yes. that opened that clinic? Yes. Um, for people to be able to access all the drugs. Yep. He died of drug overdose. Yep. Make can, that make sense. Make it make sense. It's absurd, but like mushrooms that grow, like literally, I have. I'm not going to say any, whatever. There's guys that will drive to BC, okay, once a year. This is their living. And they go to BC and they know where to go. And they fill up garbage bags full of mushrooms, bring them back to Ontario, cure them, and then sell the lot. And that's their salary for the year. That's what they do. So if, same with, okay, think of the the cannabis industry with, uh, Trudeau coming in and saying, "I'm going to legalize mm-hmm. it." Mm-hmm. Now we don't we don't support the the cannabis stores because um, what is how are they getting treated? How are they? What kind of fertilizer are they using? What are they getting sprayed yeah. with? Like oh that, God. it's harder on the lungs. Like it's I don't find that it's it's not organic. Versus you can just grow like it's a plant. It's absurd. And it, I and I did vote for him in 2015. 16? We learned our For lesson that the hard way. Reason. I was like, oh yeah, legalized weed. Yeah. I'm he got so a lot of sorry. Yeah. So sorry. But anyway, I have to own that, but move on. Right? Anyway. But that's the same thing. You're right. It's like we have to figure out how we can control it before we're going to allow people to legally do it. Right. That's that's all they care about is making sure that they can make the money off of it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's fine. And you know who's also doing a lot of research studies Who? along with maps? John Hopkins. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I find that interesting. Yeah. And that was in 2000. John Hopkins is also In 2000? In 2000. Mm. 2000, it started back up as opening um, the door for healing because we have mental health skyrocketing. So, question, another question. 23 years, uh, almost 24 years, they've been studying this with no avail, okay? 
still not legal, still not here. They need long but term. They had long term. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. They had all kinds of studies that showed that the COVID vaccinations were safe and effective. They did. They did. But no long term studies. No long term, and their studies also seemed to lack something. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it's um data. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this thing, uh, data. That's new. Yeah, um, most of them uh, were more opinion papers or, or papers that just omitted this, again, data. Data. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get too in, in, in depth with it, but quite shocking anyway. And well, remember too that in the 50s and 60s, there's tons of peer-reviewed uh, right. papers, which means that there has been a number of studies that have already been done. And those go those guys back then. We've watched quite a few documentaries on it, and those doctors were doing it. Like, look, some of my, the the course um, I did a psychedelics training, and all the trainers ha- have been heavily in, using psychedelics in their own life, and that's also carved uh, their path mm-hmm. for um, exactly. the work that they do because it changed. It opened their mind so much that it changed mm-hmm. their direction. Sure, because it. it it cracks people open sure. to see other <clears throat> possibilities. But my point is, is that all of these psychiatrists um, that are writing scripts for people for psychotics and whatnot, they're not taking those psychotics, okay? They don't know what those drugs do to you, okay? Long term, especially. Well, for sure. But they, they have no clue. They're putting these people, mothers with kids on these antipsychotics and like... Well, and they did ooh, it. Like, right? But they, they deaden the nervous system. Mm. So what? Antipsychotics. Pharmaceuticals, antidepressants, anti-anxieties, mm. um, mood uh, stabilizers, antipsychotics. They deaden our nervous system. They don't solve the problem. They are a Band-Aid solution for getting somebody regulated. And if you are not mm. being... If you are not addressing the root cause of why you're dysregulated, which is often trauma, uh, emotional uh, immaturity, like not developed emotional intelligence, um, a dysregulated nervous system, not feeling safe. If you are not addressing the root cause and you go 10, 20 years on a medication of deadening your, deadening your nervous system, Think of what that does to your spirit. You start to disconnect to your true essence of who you are. You're you're not connecting. You're you're literally walking around as a zombie. And it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate um, because mm. you're you're losing your whole life. Yeah. <clears throat> Can I ask a question? Like for those people who are on like SSRIs. How long do they have to wait, or can they get off SRIs and then try psychedelics? Mm. Like, how, what's what, do you know? Like the span mm. they should wait, or like what? Um, mushrooms in particular are similar. They they are ser- work on the serotonin receptors, and so they're a natural antidepressant. Oh wow. So anybody who's going off SSRIs, which are working with the serotonin receptors, um, I'm not a medical professional to advise on any of this, but I'll just tell you what I think. Um, I think microdosing mushrooms helps to offset the, um, 
the withdrawal symptoms of reducing your SSRIs. Mm. Because getting off SSRIs is awful. You get brain zaps. You're, you're, you go through withdrawal, so you get the opposite effects of what you're using it for. Yikes. So um, being on medic, there's always, there's always, um, with all pharmaceuticals, there's always um, a side effects. Side like a, effects. Yeah. With yeah. psychedelics, natural psychedelics, I don't find that. Mm-hmm. I really don't find that. Well, speaking of that, that's interesting. I, I remember a couple of times there was a period in my life where I had done MDMA and uh, waking up the next day was horrifying. Well, like, it's a, you go through the opposite switchra. Okay. Horrifying. You know, I don't like to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. in my, like, I don't like to feel uncomfortable. I, I was like, what the fuck? That's why twice I think was the limit for me because it just, the next day wasn't worth it. Right. Um, whereas, I mean, we do mushrooms the next day might be a little bit tired. Like I might be tired, but like, I'm not like, I don't feel ill. Like those other drugs make me feel like hungover, like you know it does I mean? the opposite effect. So when you withdraw from any medication, you get the exact opposite effect of what that medication is for. Mm-hmm. MDMA is around uh, the love, um, feeling love for everybody, for everything. It's just feeling the ultimate connection of love. So if you are withdrawing from MDMA, <laughs> like you're going to feel like complete shit. Again, that's a, that's a synthetic but you know what? They're also doing a lot of research with like microdosing MDMA or doing low dosing of it to help with with depression. So there's purpose. I can see how there's purpose for it, but I personally wouldn't go down that path because again, it's not natural. Yeah, it's synthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Johnson and Johnson, interesting enough, is developing a nose spray, a psychedelic nose spray. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So again, here's a here's the all spray. Once this is all legalized, people are going to jump on the bandwagon to ways for ways to monetize things. Remember that. Yes, of course. Right. Right. So, pharmaceutical industries, they're going to monetize it. Mostly synthetics, right? Holy fuck. Yeah. So for for people learning about psychedelics, it's important for people to learn the difference between what is the natural spirit based of the plant, learning and honoring, mm. learning to treat it as medicine mm. versus um, a recreational, let's get messed up kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Because essentially when you take psychedelics, whatever your intention is for that is going to be your experience. Mm-hmm. Whatever intention you set with taking any right. sort of medicine is going to guide your experience. Yeah. yeah, and if you're at a party, I guarantee you're not going to be like, okay, my experience tonight is to be super zen. <laughs> going to find that crown chakra. Oh, my God. <laughs> my frequency will be very high. But even though synthetic, it might not be as good. Do you think when it gets legalized, it will help bring the vibration of the planet up because people will be doing mm. this, uh, these types of things rather than like alcohol or like choosing other drugs? Do you think it will? I think it's going to help expand people's consciousness regardless. So 
if people are would choose um, rather, I'd rather drink to numb versus, you know what, I'm going to take a low dose of MDMA and open my heart back up and expand myself um, and work through whatever this motion that I'm struggling with mm. is. So that you're using it as a healing modality is mm. definitely going to be more helpful. Yo, can you just think about what she just said though? Use, they allow us legally to use the substance that numbs everything about us. And lowers our vibration. And lowers our frequency, energy, vibration. Spirits. They extract spirits. So they legally let us do that. And during COVID, they legally let us specially do that. But something that grows in the forest is so bad that you will go to prison. Backwards. It's just... It's just f- so fucked when sh- when like when you're actually sitting here and she says, "Well, it's and you hear it. It's just like, are you guys? This is, are you guys hearing this? Like, am I the only one that's hearing this? Like, are you not fucking fed up with this bullshit where they're trying to feed you this healthcare system that's sick care system? It's the opposite. The things that would make you better, they don't want you to have access to. Like, I I know about." mammograms that's something that i'm like you know um supposed to be have already had two or three by now and i'm like are you retarded like are are people actually doing this like do you know what the the results of a mammogram like the most common results of a mammogram are false positives Hmm. anxiety and fear pain pain um invasion of don't you get the radiation like a radiation exposure that's the Mm -hmm. other one thank you and they do say that it's, I'm not sure if they call it dead radiation or something, but there's a different term for it. But it, it, it's what they say, but it doesn't matter. If they, if they wouldn't make you wear a lead vest if that was true. They wouldn't stand on the other side of a piece of fucking wall if that was true. It's not true. Any radiation exposure is not, is negative. You shouldn't have it. So. My, my aunt um, opened a medical thermography clinic when I was uh, early high school, I think. And they would do thermal screens as an alternative for um, uh, for mammograms. For mammograms, so you put your hands in cold water, um, and then you they do a, a picture to see like where therm um, with a thermograph, like if there's any uh, where blood isn't flowing, essentially. So it's another way that you can screen that is not invasive and traumatic to your body. Also, I think if you if you if you constantly are worried that something's wrong with you, you're tr- you're drawing that That's in. That's my cousin. My my cousin who um we don't I don't talk to her anymore, but I really love her. And she my, our whole lives, she's uh what do you call it? A uh starts with an H. Thank you. Hypochondriac and was always like sick, always felt sick, always kind of looked a little bit sick, like never really looked um, like was always really so like in our family if you're th- if you're skinny like if you're skinny you're like healthy everyone, or you look like, good or you're yeah, yeah you were like you know the cat's meow because everybody was fat right so I can always remember you know my mom always you know complimenting her oh Michelle you're so skinny oh you're so skinny um or like you know whatever or you know she always looked so skinny but like it's it's really like skinny fat <laughs> right like just like not not it's not healthy anyway Right. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, yeah, I hear she's, she's got cancer and I feel like, and that's the second time. And I feel like I just, 
you know, we, our friend that um, down in Florida, she had, um, she always hated her breasts. And oh, yeah. she want she wished them away. She wished them so badly away, and she de- developed breast cancer in both of them, and had them both removed. Can you believe that? So our, I mean, and we know that our emotions are frequency, and um, whatever we think we become. Can you believe that? So, <clears throat> so the the psychedelics, the psychedelics are showing how they help people with. They're helping people with uh, trauma, mm-hmm. PTSD, like basically every uh, mental health disorder, diagnosed disorder, right? It's actually showing that it's helping all those things because those are all just dysregulated beings. Personally, for me, my own experience, having been diagnosed with all of the above, <laughs> um, diagnosed, be a victim, um, I have to say that like, I don't know, after the last, we've... I've been using not as much as I probably should, but well, I mean, I microdose all the time. So, I mean, I do that quite a bit, but, um, it's a hundred percent helpful. Like also leaving a stressful super life in the city and <laughs> that's also helpful, helpful too. But I, I honestly, like I really do, I really do believe that the mushrooms have been super helpful having taken nothing else, like no other, never taken a pharmaceutical. So and and when I wasn't taking them was not, you know, like night and day till now. Paul Stamets is a, a well-known mushroom researcher, enthusiast, teacher. Um, and he said, he, he said that there was a study that showed that people who eat um, mushrooms, mag- magic mushrooms, are generally happier people. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Or nicer, happier. Yeah. I 100% think that's true i do too i think i was joking with one of our friends and if i was single like again i would not like go out with someone who hadn't have had like a mushroom experience yeah i would not interesting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love how you're saying that though i'm when you're not single you're married (laughs) and your wife is sitting in the corner knitting i think it was a single (laughs) single friend i feel like i don't know i probably wouldn't have said that but whatever she knows she yeah the mushrooms create, um, it, it just opens us up. It just creates so much more expansion with mm. how we view the world and how mm-hmm. we view ourself. Um, it changes our perspective. Totally. Like that's what I mean when I said like you've changed a lot since starting to take mushrooms. Like yeah. even just being able to like laugh at ourselves more and just joke around yeah. and not be so like when I first met Jen, her, I don't want to say she had an ego, but well, yeah. We all do. We all do. And, and I, like, I, I certainly did, 100%. Um, but I struggled to be wrong. Like, is that what you mean? Mm, maybe. Just like, just a little bit more like... Is a, what are you going to say, is, Jess? Is, <laughs> is like astute the right word? Like, just like a bit more like, you know? Type A, which she said yeah. she, is, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Type A. Yeah. Perfectionist. But, mm. Yeah. Yeah. High, high... Yeah. Strong. Whatever. Either way. Either way. Um, well, she was, she was just, she was beautiful then. She's beautiful now. Well, Jen, <laughs> Jess has said what you were like uh, pre and post. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have. For Jess? Yeah. Yeah. Like, have you noticed a difference in me? Yeah. You're, you're also way more open-minded and way calmer. 
<laughs> like this like, is calm and the, this is open no i'm just kidding <laughs> you should see her on calm. higher doses she she's she goes actually way more quiet and introspective it's yeah it's about the only time that i'm quiet so i yeah. do like it for that because i do love internal work totally and i do feel like a lot of the time uh like most people that are introverted at extroverts that's me i'm totally an introverted extrovert like when i'm out and I'm around, I have to, I feel like I have to be on all the time. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, I do that. And then I'm just like done. Like I need to be. Yeah. So I, like I'm the ghoster. Like I have to, I go, I show up, I make everybody laugh and then everyone might be like, well, I don't know if anybody would notice, but they might be like, we're just, uh, just gone. Like Mm -hmm. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Just have to go. But, um, I feel like that. I do feel like I'm way calmer. You are able to respond to things in a new and healthier way. And that's what mushrooms, the wonderful thing with mushrooms can do for our brain is that we're not going into the primitive reptilian part of our brain where it's very reactive and Mm -hmm. it's survivalistic. Mm -hmm. We're actually able to utilize the other again 90 percent of our brain that gray matter where we are starting to build new neural pathways to think differently to respond to things differently to have different perspective and insight Mm -hmm. and so um we don't we can break those old patterns of reactions and that default mode network we are actually moving out of the default mode network which is that the part of our brain that um is constantly uh shuffling into um, the subconscious. So we don't have to think about things we just do. Mm. It's just reactive. Right. So we're, we can disrupt the default mode network and start to think of things from a different angle, That's a right. different perspective so that we are not responding or reacting to the, the old right. ways. That's right. We can, we can think about things from a new lens. And then so now mm-hmm. our emotions start to shift. And then mm. from there, our behavior starts to change. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's a psychological, mm-hmm. it's an emotional, it's a physiological, physical, spiritual mm-hmm. uh, shift. Mm-hmm. It's impacting us on all the different it, levels. 100%. But it is hard going through that shift and wanting the people like that's in your, in your circle, life, family to also feel that. Like, can, can you give any mm. tips on how to... How be, to manage that? Or? How to convince everybody around you to go on mushrooms? Yeah, mm. basically. Well, essentially, it always goes back to you, right? So if, if if I'm doing my own trauma healing, my own inner work, my own healing stuff, and I'm going back to hang out with my family and they have, they're just continuing to do their, their traditional ways of being, um, I show up differently and I disrupt the family patterns, the dynamics that have been playing out forever. Um, and I choose actively to respond differently to them. Then... That changes the back and forth. So my parents now have to respond differently to me because I'm no longer staying caught in that cycle with them. So, I mean, we can't change. We can't get people to do things that they don't want to do. We can only learn to respond to things differently. And that's where our inner work is. Mushrooms help us also break those patterns with family connections because they are so deeply ingrained. Those attachment patterns are from our... from. Mm-hmm being born so i think what you're saying is (coughs) is that when you start using mushrooms and doing your own work you you look different you are different you show up different they see that and either they it shifts everything and they 
you're hoping that they'll be like, I want to try mushrooms too. Look at her. I would hope so. Like, I know for myself, when I have spent time with my family, when we were going through a rough patch, I would microdose when being around them so that I would work through my triggers in a new way I on would the spot. Microdose. <laughs> yes. We've come a long way. Mushrooms have helped uh, dramatically, though, for sure. Um, Even my dad takes mushrooms when he comes here. Yeah. Awesome. And he's 74. Four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he'll be <clears throat> singing out in the garden with us on mushrooms. We yeah. tell him, like, we for, at first we told him it was, like, just a mushroom, like, for brain health and stuff like that. <laughs> he No, he knew. He knew what what he was taking but also because it's just a low dose he also knew that he wasn't going to be microdosing I'll just explain the difference microdosing is um a, a low dose like a very small amount that you get the medicinal benefits of the mushroom but you don't get like the high you don't you can't you don't feel woozy you don't feel out of it mm. you just feel more uplifted you feel a little bit lighter you feel a little bit clearer in the mind you feel maybe just a little bit happier a little bit um this is where i feel like this is where i feel like i've changed if i've if i've taken a microdose and I'm doing my regular day and I'm sitting at the table doing homeschool and something happens, I'm no longer fly off the handle, Jess. I'm like, dude, come on. And like we can laugh and be like, let's go and get the show back on the road without having to have this, you know, kind of dramatic Italian outburst. It's been really helpful for parenting, for um parenting while being triggered significantly helpful for Mm. that because you are not like when you're parenting you have to be able to stay rational and calm for the child because you are trying to help regulate them but if you're dysregulated um you're going to dysregulate them and then they don't feel safe and Mm. then you're just being reactive explosive yelling whatever and then guess what they do the same thing they learn they learn the same patterns and then you get triggered again because they're your freaking mirror so microdosing with parenting and learning to move through your par- your uh, triggers differently while parenting, phenomenal for that kind of change. Mm-hmm. Really helpful. Um, there are – so the impacts, I'll just say, with psychedelics, um, they can create that mystical experience where you feel the sense of oneness, which we are all connected already, but you – we feel separate because of our ego. So when we when we take psychedelics, we can feel and see and experience what is oneness. Now we can wrap our head. Now we have that understanding. We get it. And so then we also start to understand how we impact each other. When we are negative, when we harm someone, we see that um, because it, it harms us too because we're connected. Mm-hmm. Um, it creates this heightened state of awareness like we become so conscious, we become so aware of everything um, that it's almost exhausting if you're not used to it. Mm. If you're used to um, watching TV, zoning out, drinking, um, eating your feelings, um, scrolling on your phone for hours on end, if you're if you're not actively already trying to get yourself well and better yourself. Um, it can be a bit overwhelming at first because you're so hyper aware of everything. You're so conscious that some people will say, I can't handle it anymore. 
Mm. It's too much. I need to turn off. Because you got to remember, you know, majority of people <clears throat> live half their life, half of their waking life asleep. Mm. Like you mean just in like the mundane. Yeah. Like not like paying attention. Not paying They're attention. just like zone out doing the mm. daily, the routine, right? You're not thinking, you're not aware, your mind's drifting forward and back. You ever, driv- days. You ever driven days. somewhere and not known how you got there? Yeah. Like been That's like- it right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. I used to do that when I worked for um, CAS. I would, I would get to work and be like, I don't remember how I got here today, because I was just I was in default mode network. That's fucking crazy. So think about everybody who does like that Robots, nine to five, going back and literally. forth, back and forth, routine, routine, routine. You're you're operating majority of your day in your default mode network. So taking psilocybin awakens you to life again. And brings you fully into consciousness and awareness. And you're so incredibly mindful of everything that it can also be really overwhelming for somebody who's not used to practicing any sort of mindfulness or self-awareness. Mm. That is like, okay, I need to shut off. I need to like mm-hmm. numb this out now. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, starting off with any kind of healing journey starts with, not with medicines like this. I, I, wouldn't, I would say it starts with like psychotherapy. It starts with... Um, getting yourself well first because you have to become aware of yourself mm-hmm. and if you jump right into psychedelics you're gonna it's it's it can be shocking mm-hmm. it can be too much it can be too overwhelming right um hmm. oh there are there are risks though that if you are um it can create a, a manic or hypo manic which is like depressed it's like your your extremes of um, your mood can be hyper arousal or hypo arousal. So that high state or that low state. Um, so the mystical experience can lead to the manic state um, because you can feel like God. And if you're interpreting it through, say, like a narcissistic framework, you are you're interpreting that information not through the lens of love and understanding and wisdom and self-awareness. You're interpreting it through um, disconnected self, that narcissistic self, which is that disconnected self here and looking at it from a different lens. So that's why um, it's not for everybody um, and definitely not for anybody who hasn't started doing their own shadow work, learning how to heal their trauma and, and, and to um, just get well overall. Um, so that's just a kind of a sidebar because there are some people that this isn't good for basically, um, in the spiritual world, like in the shamanic world, if you are called to a certain medicine, it's because you're, you're ready for that. Mm, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So if you don't Mm -hmm. feel any desire or attraction to something, it's because it's not, it's not going to fit your aura. It's not going to fit with your energy. And that's probably why when you asked earlier about, you know, like, when are my parents going to notice how good mushrooms are? <clears throat> right? Like they might if, not ever. Like even if, if like ready. you're doing really well, they just, they're not called to it then. But the cool thing is when you do your own healing work and you respond to them differently, it does have that ripple effect. Right? And I see that within my own family. And we see yeah, that with parenting for sure. too. I, I see that too. Yeah. With your parents for sure. Um. Okay, so the mic, I didn't explain the microdosing. So microdosing is like 50 milligrams to 500 milligrams in that range. So it's just, it's minuscule. It's just a little bit. Even 500 is a lot for a lot of people. 
but usually people start with around 50, 100 milligrams. And then uh, medium dosing, low dosing to medium dosing is from that 500 to 1.5 grams. And then up from that 1.5 up is like a macro dose. So it's a heavy dose where you're going to have that, um, that mystical experience. Um, you can have that ego death experience. You can have kind of that euphoric floating, um, traveling into different lives, um, having different visions, um, seeing different kind of mystical things. Um, essentially when that, when you're in those higher frequencies, you're going into different realms, different dimensions. You're actually traveling into higher dimensions. Um, now I think just remember that we operate here in this world in 3D, which is time linear. And when you are on psychedelics, you're going into higher dimensions. So definitely 40, 5D, 6D. Um, and if you're doing on a portal or a full moon, you can go even higher. But um, 60 is like having that sense of oneness, the connection with the earth, recognizing how everything is connected and feeling that joy and the celebration and awe. Um, just like love, profound love for everything. Um, that's also why it's so helpful because if we aren't growing and healing without our heart opening up, um, leading from our heart, that's when we can have disconnection. Um, Dolores Cannon in her book, she talked about that with um, one of her hip, her clients that for hypnosis. He uh, said that previous human civilization didn't survive because AI um, was advancing faster than the heart was advancing. And so that led to the destruction of that race. Dun, dun, dun. So I do think psychedelics has uh, can do profound changes on on us as humans for from a m medicine standpoint. Um, so, oh, Stanitz protocol, Stamets protocol, the Paul Stamet, he has a protocol for microdosing five days on, two days off. Um, there's other protocols you can do um, for microdosing. Um, basically, you just don't want to take it every day because your body builds tolerance, so you don't right. want to. Um, right. And then there's uh, the hero's dose, which is I've heard anywhere from five grams to 10 grams um, in the dark. So journeying, if you've ever heard of a mushroom journey or um, like ayahuasca and stuff like that, certain medicines, you – you take out the external world and you close your eyes. You have an eye cover on. This is what they do at MAPS as well is that the person lays on the bed. There's calm music played. Um, MAPS, the clinical route is with two therapists with a clipboard and paper and they're sitting there quietly letting the person go through the process. In the spiritual shamanic realm, it's more of a, there's an altar, there's prayer, there's uh, singing and music and blessings. And um, so it looks very different, but both persons that are both people that are going through the journey um, are have their eyes closed and are listening to music. That's the one commonality. Mm. And that is because when we have our eyes closed, we open up our our mind's eye, our third eye, and we can start to see the world from a different lens. Um, and we take out the external world, which can be over, which can be a distraction. We can look at things and wonder about things, which means we're not looking at inside. Um, and then the music is frequency. Music is very healing frequency. Music is is medicine for us. 
Hmm. It's medicine for our soul. And in, in shamanic healing, they do a lot of like drumming and singing and praying. Um, and that's what carries the person through the psychedelic experience. Um, so interesting, uh, different kind of concepts of the clinical route versus the spiritual route. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of the fan of the spiritual route, but they both have their benefits. Mm-hmm. Well, having done both, no, that's not true. I haven't done both, but I've <laughs> I haven't sat at maps and done a clinical experience. But having been through um, a a shamanic journey, like you know, and having like um, just experimented in a safe place at home versus in an unsafe environment at a high dose, it does make a big difference. Yes. And I would rather have, like, here it's cool because there's always drums and, like, rattles and um, stuff. And, you know, we can play instruments. And it's totally different than being at a house party or, <laughs> like, I don't know, man, at a concert. Like, I know people that take big doses and go to a concert. And it's like, what? Like, I don't get that at all. That is so overwhelming. But if that's your thing, like, whatever. I mean, whatever, man, but. Anyways, I, I think uh, mushrooms, um, I think they'll change the world. I mm. think I think they, um, they're they amazing. Mm-hmm. And they carry the spirit of the child. Like there's like that, that playfulness, that joyful mm. uh, curiosity. That's, that's the spirit. Like again, mm-hmm. all plants carry a different kind of spirit. And mushrooms carry the spirit of the child, which is very uplifting and playful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also why I... I think they're so helpful is that it helps people ignite that, um, that joyful playfulness again within them. You know, adults have lost that so much in mm. like that mundane default mode responsibilities, go here, do this mm-hmm. right life that they've disconnected from that, mm-hmm. that sense of play. Mm-hmm. Mm. If people want to research more, search more, do you have any like good, like, uh, recommendations recommendations on other podcasts or books or anything that you've found helpful um follow paul stamets on instagram he's always posting so much wonderful things about mushrooms um actually funny thing he also posted a little while back a new species of psilocybin that's been growing and you have to remember hmm. that the earth is responding to us because we are the earth ourselves we are made up of the same elements of the earth and so the earth always produces the plants that our bodies require to heal. So if we're going through a heavy respiratory illness uh, phase as earth, as humans, um, the earth will create more mullein, which is a respiratory herb. So consider then this magic mushroom that's being, that's a new variety that's being grown is also to help expand consciousness. So that means that we're also ready for to expand our consciousness. It's mm-hmm. also now matching our vibration. That's pretty cool. Right? There's a lot of podcasts. There's so much research out there now. Um, I don't know. Google it. Put it in. <laughs> okay, Roseanne. <laughs> That's not what I do. Yeah. And also try it learn like that that's Mm. the best way to learn about it is just do your research if you feel called learn about it Mm -hmm. experience it Mm -hmm. yeah good call yeah and you know what if you have a marriage that's failing honestly fucking mushrooms 
Couples work on mushrooms. Get a, get a like get a good like gram and a half, two grams India, and you can work through hard conversations totally. to break that fight cycle that you get caught in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start working on shit on mushrooms, <laughs> not on alcohol. No, no, not no hard conversations on alcohol, um, but mushrooms will help you break those patterns for sure. Yeah. Cool. We're good. That was about an hour. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Peace out, rabbit.